Good afternoon and welcome to Fireside Chats. I'm Jay Lauren, your host, and happy birthday, America. I hope everyone is having a very peaceful, relaxed day and staying safe and but enjoying family and friends. And You know, when I first signed on to do this show, I realized it was on the 4th of July, and I started to move the date. But then I realized how appropriate to do my first show on Independence Day. After all, my business is all about helping my clients achieve their independence, you know, from those shackles of pain and false beliefs and worn-out patterns of thought that uh, they've been stuck. And so there is nothing like freedom and independence from the tyranny of ideologies that simply no longer serve your highest and best good. You know, we intuitively know that something needs to change, but very often we are at a complete loss on how to affect those much-needed changes. I know in my own life, when I first looked around and looked into hypnotherapy as a vehicle for transformation of my own worn-out patterns of belief back in 1986, and that was long before the reemergence of hypnosis as a vehicle for change, I was so desperate for relief from my crippling ideologies. I mean, I was 35 years old, and my life was simply not working on any level. And in my search for relief, I discovered and then started working with subliminals. Being rather strong-willed, this is just a nice way of saying being very stubborn, I had to work on myself in my sleep. There was no other way to do this. But over the years, I was able to declare my independence from a lot of those worn-out beliefs that had defined me earlier, and I began the road to forgiveness of myself and others, and I picked up the pen and started to write again. These days, through my writings, workshops, and one-on-one sessions, I am able time and again to experience both for myself still and my clients the real value of hypnotherapy in accessing the subconscious mind in order to affect lasting change, and notably, rather quickly. Back in the 1990s, I became interested in hypnotherapy as a tool for health and discovered I had found my niche. As I really began to connect the dots between our emotions and our intellect, I went in an opposite direction to what I had been using hypnosis for. Science here in the West is finally catching up with the mind-body connection, slowly but surely. And we now have some validation for what the sages and mystics have been saying for eons. There is a causal link between what we think, feel, and ultimately express or manifest. Now, I am not a doctor. I do not diagnose, nor am I an herbalist or even a naturopath. I work exclusively in the realm of energy, vibration, and thought. As a Reiki master, I use my skills in hypnosis and vibrational work to reach deep within the subconscious to affect lasting perceptual shifts for my clients. And I have come to know for certainty, for an absolute certainty that our strong emotions linked with our dominant thoughts determine the state of our health, both physically and spiritually. And I also came to know 
that the fastest way to get an understanding and control of our self-sabotaging emotions was in working through the subconscious mind, which is, after all, the seat of our emotional health, our emotional self. It is the nurturer, the feminine aspect of our psyche, infinite mind, the progenitor, originator, and masculine aspect of our psyche provides sheer unmanifest power for all that we can survey. And as was stated thousands of years ago, this is the mind in which we live and breathe and have our being. It is the creator of all things, first cause. And we will be examining this mind-body connection on this show and subsequent shows and specifically how it relates in dis-ease and imbalance in our manifest body. We will be talking about the various emotions and their effect on the physical body on each one of our shows. And I invite you to call in with your questions. Uh, We will be opening up the phone lines for Q&A during each show. And that call-in number is 888-627-6008. And if you are curious about a particular dis-ease and the emotional cause attached, and you would like me to do a show on it, please feel free to drop me an email with your request, and I will review it. And no topic is really out of the way, as long as it's in the realm of the mind-body creation and connection, and as long as we're talking about how things, emotions can affect the body and some diseases that you may be thinking about or know of, then that's fine, and I'll look at it, and you may be able to help someone else because someone else in the audience may be thinking about that very same question and not want to ask. And so drop me a line. I'll absolutely uh, like to take it into my meditation and look at it and possibly put it on a subsequent show. So let me take a minute here and just talk just briefly about the conscious and subconscious minds. In the way that I interpret them and look at them in my work, there are many, many definitions out here depending on your belief systems as to the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, the superconscious mind, but I look at it differently in my work. So for me, the conscious mind, which is also known as our beta consciousness, is what I term the manifest mind. It's our physical expression, the offspring of the masculine and feminine interaction. And this is the level of mind so rooted in the reality we experience through our five senses. This is where the ego works. This is also the level of mind that experiences specific realities. And change can feel, all can feel just nearly impossible when working exclusively through this level of mind, as many of you can attest, I am sure. I know I was one of those people, and change was extremely difficult for me in some areas of my life, using only the intellect or my ego mind or my manifest mind. The interaction between the masculine progenitor, which is pure power and pure thought, and the feminine nurturer, which is pure emotion and the provider of all form, together produce the soul or the I am, which is individualized spirit. And this soul then, which houses both the masculine and feminine 
now manifests as myriad in myriad myriad of different forms. It manifests as matter, and it selects a given form. And our subconscious mind has a direct link to this individualized soul. You know, in my opinion, the soul and the subconscious mind are not the same. Our individualized human expression is a trinity. And I like to envision uh, this expression as a triangle. And I see the base as the masculine, which is pure power, pure thought, unmanifest. And the midsection of this pyramid is the subconscious mind, uh, pure emotion and the provider of form for that power and thought, for the generator and the progenitor of everything that we can imagine. And then at the capstone, at the very top capstone is the I am, that individualized soul expression that is a direct result from the uniting of the masculine and feminine energies. And, and this soul, this I am, is the blueprint and it's pure spirit and contains the perfect matrix of itself. And this matrix provides the conscious mind or ego mind with physical expression. And, you know, in my opinion, the subconscious mind also performs as a link between the physical expression and the soul. And in such, it is pliable and completely trusting without question. Because it's designed this way. It resides in the theta frequency, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. And we have so much to learn about our physical expression when we come into form, walking, language, relationships. In short, how to navigate on the physical plane of being. And if we had to stop and rationalize and think about every aspect of our being during that time, learning would be cumbersome, to say the least. The subconscious mind runs our physical expression from conception to around seven years of age, primarily. And then it retires more and more and allows the alpha and beta frequency levels to run the show, so to speak. And although the subconscious mind is in the background more and more, it is still pliable and reachable, and most effectively through hypnosis. I'm going to take just a minute, and if you're listening, the call-in line is 888-627-6008, and I hope to hear from you. Although I work in alpha, as many utilizing hypnosis do, I prefer working in theta. Um, I prefer theta because it houses many of our deep traumatic patterns, and it holds the keys to ideas and beliefs formed from conception through the womb to the early formative years. Many of our belief systems can be effectively resolved at the theta frequency levels and much more quickly than at alpha. Now, this is because the alpha frequency levels are very accessible during our waking state. And during the day, we go in and out of alpha pretty much all day. You know, you might recognize sitting at the stoplight um, and forgetting just for an instant how long you've been at the light. I'm sure you've all, you all have experienced from time to time coming up to a stoplight and, and stopping there and then someone blows behind you that the light is green because momentarily you were simply spaced out. 
And generally, that is when the mind is running at its alpha levels and very relaxed. And in that instance, you're sort of daydreaming and not really connected to your data. So let me stop here just a moment and explain and address brainwave frequency levels. Now, in my practice, I work with energy. And I firmly, I firmly accept this by knowing that we are energy beings and, and we're, we are made up of frequencies and harmonics that resonate. And our own science has discovered that our brain emits brainwave frequency variations that operate in cycles per second. And they've gone on to discover that during our waking conscious state, we emit beta brainwave frequencies that vibrate between 13 and 32 hertz per second. They also have discovered that during relaxation, our alpha brainwave frequencies vibrate between 8 and 13 hertz per second. Now, this is an effective level for self-hypnosis as you retain conscious control, but you're able to have some success in changing your ideologies. Uh, this is also brain activity during, as we just said, the daydreaming state. So when you want to do any kind of self-hypnosis and want to read something and retain a lot more of it, going and lowering your brainwave frequencies down to the alpha level is absolutely perfect for this. Now, I work with all my clients in my one-on-one -on -one sessions at the theta brainwave frequency. And theta brainwave frequencies range from 4 to 8 hertz per second. And so my clients are deeply relaxed at this frequency. Their intellectual beta mind is recessed and out of the way with its pre-programmed doubt and rationalizing. The beta consciousness is retired, relaxed, and its influence is greatly reduced. So in this level of mind, my clients have greater creativity and insight. And at this level of mind, you are in direct sync with your individualized soul at this level, and, and it knows what is absolute truth. So I've chosen to work in the realm of optimum health and well-being. So in my practice with clients, we are repattering and repairing and restructuring error thoughts and ideologies while under hypnosis. And oftentimes, we're even repairing the physical body, using and utilizing hypnosis to do this. And this level of brain frequency is especially useful for our visualization work in that regard. And we create lasting change at this level of mind in working directly with the soul matrix. Now, I want to take a minute here and explain just briefly uh, one of the truths about hypnosis. Many, many people uh, view hypnosis as maybe they've gone to Vegas or they've watched some some sort of uh, hypnosis show on stage and really enjoyed it, and, and those things are enjoyable. But hypnosis actually, especially when used in the therapeutic realm, when you're at these deep levels of mind, you, it is not an absence of control. You actually have more control. And your gatekeeper, your subconscious mind, which also acts as a gatekeeper, is right there. And if you are given a suggestion, any suggestion, no matter how powerful the hypnotist is, if you are given a suggestion and it goes against your own moral fiber, if it goes against your absolute knowing, 
you will either come completely out of stasis or you will simply dismiss the thought um, because you are not going to accept as your own that which is against you, is against your very fiber. You really will not. And so you have a great deal of control at that level of mind as to what you actually accept as true. So it's the total opposite of what you may be thinking. And when you go to the magic shows and the hypnotists, and I enjoy them, uh, those shows that I've gone to in Vegas, they are absolutely entertaining. But I'm also reminded that I know that the hypnotist chooses his crowd quite carefully. He knows exactly who to choose and who, who to select, who to bring up on stage. And he also knows how to keep his suggestions in a fun way so that it does not back up against um, the subject's uh, internal moral fibers. So they're fun to watch. But if you decide that you're going to use hypnosis as a therapeutic tool, then know that it is not an absence of control. You will gain much more control under hypnosis and much more control of your conscious awareness than you do, even when you're not paying attention and you're in your beta mind and watching television and allowing all of these ideas to just come through. So I have found in my practice over the years that many diseases and physical imbalances are the result of childhood traumas, false beliefs, and emotional conditioning. And once these various ideologies are resolved, the body expression can correct itself. You know, the body is designed to be self-healing. It is our interference with the body's own built-in systems of checks and balances that create the issues and retard the healing process. Understand, the body is a closed, interdependent, intelligent system with a mind of its own, so to speak. It has its own consciousness and always knows what it needs what needs to be done to maintain its own equilibrium. Every cell in your body has its own unique vibration individually and collectively as part of the larger organ gestalt. When the cell is unhealthy and does not vibrate at its unique frequency, and as that is set up and as it dictates, then those cancer cells in the body think the organ is diseased and move out to take out the trash. And our emotional states, by the way, determine the vibration of the cells in our body. Further, every cell in the body communicates with every other cell in the body. And when this communication is interrupted or cut off, as in modern Western pharmacology, we begin to merely manage systems and manage the various symptoms that we have. And this creates further disruption of the body's ability to achieve its own perfect balance which, again, it knows what that balance should be. I like to think of the body as thought in expression. It is the outpicturing of our dominant beliefs, beliefs and ideas, both conscious and unconscious. If you really want to know what's going on in your, in your own emotions, check out how your body is expression. What is the state of your emotions? Fear? Anxiety, guilt, regret, maybe even feelings of betrayal. Have you been diagnosed with high blood pressure, insomnia, ulcers, heart issues, arthritis? 
thinking about the body and the emotions and the body as an outworking and an expression of those emotions, not in any kind of punishment or condemnation, but to alert you to let you know what you need to be looking at within your own being. I have found that almost every physical disease can be linked back to its emotional counterpart or soul issue. More often than not, if you resolve the emotional issue, you correspondingly resolve the dis-ease the body is expressing. Now, I know for some of you listening, this may be, a, this may be hard to swallow. We have a tendency to argue for our limitations, but if you will follow along with me on this journey, you may be able to see how your thoughts and emotions have a direct impact on the diseases and physical imbalances you may be experiencing. And again, to open up the lines for any questions and comments you may have, you may call 888-627-6008. Now, this show is about exploring those emotions that are being expressed in a not-so-fun way. And the body is a wonderful tool for our spiritual unfoldment. Actually, that's its purpose. When we come out of our celestial realm and get into this physical body and operate on the plane of manifestation, then this is the body that we need. And we will learn during the course of, of these shows to trust it and to appreciate it in our time together. For now, entertain the thought and consider that we are beautifully complex beings. We are a trinity of mind, emotions, and soul on the celestial realm. Further, consider, if you will, that from this celestial trinity comes our physical expression, divinity in motion, as it were, that forms itself a conscious, physical trinity of intellect, heart, and body. It's interesting to note that at the time of conception, one of the things, the first thing that we form is the heart in the circulatory system. The first things we form is the emotional aspect of ourselves. I think that's quite interesting. You know, we are not pawns in a universal game of chess. We are unconditionally loved, we are fully supported, and infinite in our expression. And we are eternal beings, as I believe, divinity in motion. So when we start to think of ourselves in those terms, and, and when we start to move away from we are just this or that, and start to understand that we can experience as much health and success and prosperity as we like simply by removing all of the, the the stepping stones that we have, the blockages that we've had that we've put in our way, and listening to statements being made outside of ourselves. And I know that even in our country today, given what is going on, so many of us are experiencing fear. So many of us are in uncertainty and in anxiety, and I do not make light of any of those feelings from time to time. I, when I experience them, I have to get very quiet and go into my meditation and remind myself that I am a spiritual celestial being, and this does not have to be my reality. 
Yes, there are things going on, but being aware of what fear does to the body. Fear short circuits the body. It it acts like a wide like a live wire running through your body current. Because we have a current that runs through our body. We have an electrical current that runs in and through our body and all around it. And so when we know that, then we know that fear short circuits. Very intense fear will short circuit. Fear taken to the nth degree can actually stop the heart. So you can imagine that step down at a very lower but consistent level what it will do to your internal organs as time goes on. And so we always want to be careful of our emotions. Yes, we're designed to experience in them, but be careful in that experience because uh, so many of the negative emotions are detrimental, literally, to our very being. One of the great things about hypnotherapy and using hypnosis to get rid of some of those triggers that have been placed there that cause us to react in a not-so-healthy manner so that we can then move in and get control of those things and bring ourselves back to a state of health because our body and science is proving that we actually regenerate an entirely new body every seven years. Every organ in the body is completely new at your seventh year. Now, yes, it is true that your organs regenerate at a different time period within that seven-year period. And some, I think it's the blood, regenerates daily. And so we know that, but we know that having been armed with that point, with that fact, with that understanding that every seven years we're new, then it begs the question, why am I exhibiting age and why am I in pain and and why am I having all of these conquers and bonkers because my mind is telling me that at 60 I'm supposed to be da-da-da-da-da. But nothing could be further from the truth because our creator did not create us to age and we are really designed to continue until we decide that we're ready for our next adventure. And all of us have a different point that we make that decision. But knowing that we do not have to express in the way that we're expressing, we are able to change anything that we desire to change. And that is one of the great things that I love about hypnosis because it helps us effect those changes so quietly and so quickly as we move into the the next parts of our lives. So I want to take the time now to let's open up the phone lines and we have about 15 minutes to take some of your questions. Um, And if I cannot get to you in the time allotted, you know, please drop me an email. You can go right on to my portal, uh, bbsradio.com forward slash fireside chats and drop me a message. uh, And I will get back to you as soon as I can. And I'd like to take a moment here, if you have taken the time and if you've had time to look at the portal and uh, as it is up on BBS now, um, you will see a book, Life by Design, and that book can be purchased at authorhouse.com. My pen name is Ashanti Ra, and um, you'll be able to get this, and I'm also working on the CD of that book, so very shortly you'll be able to get that book in, in CD as well. Um, it's a beautifully done book. Uh, it's done very differently with glossy uh, pages and indigo ink. 
and it moves and takes you into that journey of designing your life, starting with discussing whose reality is this anyway, moving into when the price is too high, which is talking about the emotional blackmailers in your life and how to navigate through the emotional blackmailers and come out uh, on the end without manipulation and standing in your own power and strength. And we end it with the nine principles of be still and know. And those principles are connected with your God awareness, your God consciousness, whatever is comfortable for you. I am non-denominational in my belief systems, but I do believe in a deity that runs it all, a deity. I, I don't believe that it's a group effort. But in an event, I, I do look at that and we talk about it and we go through nine principles of being still and how you can stand in your God, uh, your God awareness, your God power, your God consciousness, moving through. Uh, it's a book that uh, we found out when we started into the studio to actually record it, that it will actually be a three-disc series. And so I've elected that each disc will house a section, so one disc will be about your reality, another disc will be about emotional blackmailers, and the third disc will be uh, on the topic of be still and know and those nine principles of knowing. Um, so I hope you will purchase the book and enjoy it and get back to me on the things that you've learned and the changes that have occurred. And so now um, let's open up the lines and see if there's anybody, if there's any callers on the line, 888-627-6008. Um, this is Jade. Is there, are there any callers? Okay, so I had allowed those 15 minutes. Well, let's talk again about we don't have any callers right now, so let's talk a little bit about the importance of understanding again, going back to those emotions and understanding how those emotions interact to form your body as you are expressing it right now. Um, you may be dealing with uh, working with repressed angers or working with feelings of betrayals, and this may be coming out in your body as uh, maybe you're experiencing ulcers. Uh, maybe this is something you've been diagnosed with. And very often than not, if you can get into the emotional cause of those issues, if you can... Uh, really take a look at, and this is one of the, the really the best things about hypnosis because it gets your rational mind out of the way so that you do not argue again for your limitations. So you start to think about uh, just relaxing and observing. I know in my practice I always uh, tell my clients that you're at a movie theater. You're just observing. This has all already happened. It has no effect on you now. We're just going to reserve. We're just going to sit here and observe, so that we know exactly what's going on, so that we can hear the interactions, so that we can see when you started to set up and started to experience whatever this is that is causing the outpouring in your physical expression. And we look at that, and we're able to, because we're able to look at it without judgment and without being embroiled in that energy and being embroiled in that scenario at that time, 
We're able to look at it really, really from a spiritual level and to let it go. We're able to dissolve it. We're able to forgive it, to release it, and to really take it out of the body altogether. And once those kinds of feelings have been resolved, then the body sort of moves to to heal whatever that was, whatever that vibration was that was causing those particular cells that may go to make up the stomach lining. The, the body then moves to repair everything. As I said, your body is, a, uh, is designed to self-heal. It was created that way. And so it's forever and always moving toward healing, moving toward being in a, uh, an equilibrium and a balance at all times. And whenever it finds itself out of balance, then everybody in the category gets together to move to bring that organ and bring that synergy back to your body. Now, you may say, well, um, you know, that doesn't account for if I'm okay in seven years, then why am I still, I've gone into seven years and now I'm re-experiencing these same problems. I worked them out, maybe you had... um, a really, really difficult dis-ease in your body and you've been given a a five-year clearance and then now you're into eight years and they tell you, well, the problem is back and it's back in a different form of the body. Well, in situations like that, what you want to know is that the body self-replicates. Every single cell in your body at the subatomic level always and at all times it, uh, you know, it always regenerates itself. Now, the issue is it regenerates. When it goes into a regeneration mode, it regenerates from the past, the past pattern. So that if you had, um, if you had an emotion that was causing, in the case of ulcers, that was causing the lining of the stomach to become too acidic and to have different kinds of issues or in some cases may even have developed acid burns along the, along the lining so that you have to be careful what you eat, you have to constantly coat your stomach. Then when it's time for that lining to regenerate, all of those cells are going to regenerate from the prior pattern. This is what is meant when we say that the body regenerates. It constantly regenerates. Every cell in your body constantly regenerates. And so that emotion is deeply recessed and repressed. So as you move through those things, as you move through what has the emotional causes of the deterioration of the stomach line, as in the cases of some ulcers, I think a peptic ulcer, Um, that as you move through and remove those things and as we apply forgiveness and compassion, those healing balms, and one of the things I do in hypnosis is we actually go through and we actually repair those linings under uh, in a state of hypnosis deeply at the theta level to promote the body's healing because the subconscious will take that as true. The subconscious will take that as, oh, okay, well, I know how to repair this. I know how to fix this, so I'll start. And so once we remove all of those items that have created the problems to begin with, the body goes into its regeneration mode. No matter what that is, it could be, it could be the heart, it could be um, the stomach, it, wherever the organ is. I remember my granddaughter when she was born. She was literally born with a hole in her heart. She had one hole in her heart and I believe two missing valves, if my memory serves. 
And I remember that every year they, they went in and they put a patch over her heart. And she was born at the time that a lot of children born with this malady were not surviving past the age of three. And at that time, I was uh, doing a lot of energy work then. I was doing a lot of my Reiki. And, and it was the heart. And I really, this was my first, this was my oldest granddaughter. And I am literally attached to her on a lot of different spiritual levels. And so I worked on her, and as they, when she was going to have her big surgery, because the doctor would say every year, well, we bought a year, we bought a year. And then finally when they had the last surgery, I think she was three years old, and they said, if she can make it to 16, we can go in and do a major repair. And when we do this major repair, she should not have to come back in until she's in her 40s, if all holds. And I remember him saying that, so we were preparing. The schedule, the surgery was scheduled for May. And I remember that it was, I found out about the surgery that was going to happen in May, that February. And so I started to work. And I also got some, I guess in religion they call them prayer partners, but I got some people that were along the same energy level as I was. And I said, listen, I need you to visualize uh, the doctor is concerned about the scar tissue. That was his biggest concern. He said, you know, the surgery should go well. It will take about seven or eight hours. But my biggest concern is all the scar tissue from all of the previous surgeries. And that was his big, that was his big, big issue. That was his problem. And so I was working on removing the scar tissue, just removing it altogether. And I had a couple of people that were helping me, and I said, you know, we're going to do this, and we're going to work on the heart. All for 30 days, we're going to work on her heart, and we're just going to concentrate and focus on removing the scar tissue. That's all. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not cardiologists, so let's just focus and set our intent to remove all scar tissue. And if we do that and do it correctly, when the doctor opens her up, it's going to look like a first surgery. So we worked and worked and worked, and they worked for 30 days from February to right around the end of March. And then I said, okay, that's fine. I'll take over from here. And I worked on her up until a week before her surgery because, of course, I did not want to be working on her heart once she went under anesthetic. And as it turned out, when the doctor came to talk to me, it was so interesting because he walked right by my my daughter and her husband, and he kept walking straight toward me, just focused on me, and he said, he said, you know, he, and, and I mean the surgery was like I think four hours as opposed to seven or eight because there was no scar tissue. And he said, you know, he said the surgery went real well. He said there was no scar tissue, none. And I did those surgeries, but there was no scar tissue. And I simply smiled and thanked the powers that be that had been listening to me that I was able to go in and actually remove this scar tissue. And we have this ability uh, to do this, mainly for ourselves. I mean, I don't recommend that we go in and try to repair someone else without their permission. Uh, I was very close to my granddaughter. I, I knew her. I had been there for several of her surgeries that she had had, and I had a, a real strong relationship with her and a very strong spiritual bond. So I was very comfortable that she wanted to stay here, that she really uh, wanted to be able to repair her heart and I intuitively knew why this child was born with heart issues. And a lot of times we'll have a child come into our lives to mirror certain things about ourselves, certain things that are going on um, during the time of conception, during the time of pregnancy. 
and the child as it's forming its matrix will pick up these things that need to be corrected and need to be looked at as a family unit. And many, many, many times the families miss the messages altogether. Um, but this is, again, the just the nature of the universe. It's the beauty and complexity of what it means to be celestial beings having human experiences and being in a physical body and learning how to handle emotions and actually create our own realities. And I like to focus on the realities of the body because when we start to work there and when we start to get really, really good at designing our bodies the way we want, and I want to I want to just suggest to you here that this is not far-fetched because when you, at the time of conception, you begin to design your body. You are the one that is designing your body. And so you are the one that can change that design at any time, that you can remove whatever you've been looking at and needing to express. You can remove that at any given time, at any point in time, because it is your body. So I like working from that aspect because that is something that people can readily see. You know, they can they can see it really quickly as they're starting to adjust and starting to work through their situations. They can see the change in their body. I recall a client that I had when I had my office in Dallas, and I remember when she came to me, she said, you know, she said, I just want to drop 20 pounds. If I can lose 20 pounds in a year, I will be happy if I can just do that. And we sat down. I have a packet that I have all of my clients fill out so that I can get a sort of bird's eye eye view of what's going on in their lives, what they want to achieve, uh, what they want hypnosis to do for them. And I I have about a three- or four-page packet, and we go through it. And, of course, I want to know what kind of drugs they're on and, you know, if they've got any mind-altering drugs because I categorically do not work with people that are not in control of their mind and in control of their faculties. And so we we went through the packet, and um, this young lady, I mean, I could not fathom drinking that much Coca-Cola a day, but she said she didn't drink water. All she drank all day long was Coca-Colas. And when she would go into a meeting, um, she was in management, and she said when she'd go into a meeting, she'd sit down right at the beginning of the meeting with three Cokes, finish those, and when they took a break, she'd actually go get more Coke. And I thought when she was talking to me, wow, what an an unfathomable amount of Coca-Cola this lady drinks. And we're not talking about Diet Coke. We're talking about regular Coca-Cola. And so the first thing I did is I asked her, I said, well, of all the foods that you really dislike, I, you know, I said, what what are some of the foods that you dislike? And so uh, she told me, but I thought, well, I don't think I'll use a Swiss pattern on her. I used it on a lady that ate a lot of ice cream. And so I got to thinking, I think she needs a direct suggestion. And so what I said to her is that every time she's thirsty, the only thing that will quench her thirst is water. So I didn't address the Coca-Cola at all. I, I decided not to address it at all. I, didn't, I did not give her a substitute taste. I simply said to her, whenever you're thirsty, nothing will quench your thirst but water. And so what she found was that when she went to the office the next day and she drank a Coke because she was thirsty and that was her habit, she found that she was still thirsty. And so then she just picked up a bottle of water. 
But I have also given her the suggestion that only water is going to quench your thirst, that you reach for water and your thirst is quenched. And she noticed in short order, I mean after one visit, that she did not drink any Coke that next day in her meeting. And every one of her peers made a comment about how she hadn't drank any Coca-Cola. She had only drank water. And she said, well, that's the only thing quenching my thirst right now. Well, now, to make a long story short, this young lady dropped 20 pounds in three sessions. And she was so excited about the change in her body. Now, I wanted to work with her because we gradually needed to find out why she had created the work, the um, uh, her weight in the first place and why it was there. But we're still working on getting her down to the weight she wants, and then we can ultimately find out why she had the need to generate this weight. But we never got a chance to because as she drastically dropped 20 pounds and she was so excited about working with me, um, then her significant other, her husband in this case, did not like the change in her because she also noticed that as she started working with me, she felt really good about herself, and she was beginning to say no to things that she did not want. And before she hadn't found her voice, before she started working with me, she had no voice. She just sort of went along with everybody else. And then she started to say no. And those two things really upset her spouse. So then she was left with a choice. And many often times we have this where we're, we are faced with this choice of doing what's best for us and losing the support of somebody else that's close to us or important to us. And so we don't take care of ourselves because that significant other wants us to stay in the pattern that we're in. And that's the reason that I, I wrote the book, um, When the Price is Too High moving through emotional blackmail, understanding that you're paying a price that is to your detriment. And ultimately, you have a responsibility and an obligation to yourself to always do what's best for you, to honor your Godhead, to honor that spark of life that the Creator gave you, to honor that which you came to do. We all, we all decided when we took this form, we all decided that we had a gift. We had something unique to bring to society, to our fellow man, to the world, that we had something unique that only we could give, that only we could present it for that certain uh, portion of the population that we're working with. And that was our gift. And I like something that Wayne Dyer said years and years ago. So many of us die with our music still in us because we allow other people to emotionally blackmail us and to stop us from doing what it is that we came here to do, what it is we came here to offer for fear of losing their acceptance and their love and their presence in our lives. And we have this more often than not. We run up on this, and we experience in this, and we have to evolve and grow out of that where we recognize that as a celestial being, as a divine aspect of our creator, we have an obligation to be the best that we can when we get into physical manifestation. We took this body for a purpose, and we need to get on with what that purpose is, no matter what it will be, whatever it is. And it's always going to be towards helping others. 
We are not here to be selfishly doing things that benefit no one but ourselves. We're here to help each other. And so once we accept that, once we adopt that, and moving into getting in, con- in connection with our how we're expressing in our body, getting control of our emotions, moving more and more and more into our spiritual awareness, we will find that we would do exactly what we came to do. So that is all I have for today. I hope you'll join me in a couple of weeks where we will be talking about an emotion, a specific emotion, and some of the problems that it creates in the physical body. So until then, have a blessed day. Have a fantastic two weeks until we meet again. Namaste. 